Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Monday check-in. Today is Monday, August 17th, 2020 is the year. Um, my name is Damon. I am one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska. And this is the Monday check-in. So if you don't know the Monday check-in, as we share a little bit of information on the life of what's going on, the life of the church, what's going on at First Press, what we might, what folks might want to be aware of. And then we switch gears and we take a look and we do a little mini Bible study and kind of a preview of this upcoming Sunday. So uh, now you know what the plan is. And Greg, what should we know? Oh, you know, uh, there's a lot to know. We, uh, we're continuing in the month of August with our worship schedule, where we do a 9 a.m. worship service in the park. It's kind of a simplified service. Uh, should I tell the little secret, Damon? I guess, if I, I mean, they're probably all trustworthy. They can probably all keep it. The service only runs about 35, 40 minutes. So if you want short church, come to worship in the park at 9 a.m. Short church. <laughs> short church. Um, and, and part of that is because we have to cut some songs out and, and we cut a little bit of the rest of the liturgy out. But anyways, it's a delightful time to gather with our family of faith, to look into one another's eyes. And so worship in the park, 9 a.m., bring your own chair, bring a face mask and uh, join us. Uh, and we're doing that for the whole month of August. So there's three Sundays left where we're doing that. And uh, then we're still doing our 1030 stay at home worship service, which is available on Facebook Live as well as on 1550 KICS AM radio and also recorded and put on our local public access channel twice during the week. Uh, so those are our two worship options in the month of August. It seems to be working pretty well. God has provided us with some great weather for the first three sun or first three Sunday, first two Sundays, three. No, we're three Sundays into this, aren't we? For all we of are. the Sundays that we've done it so far. Yes. Uh, so yeah, we've got a couple more to go and, uh, that leads right into my next announcement that our session, which is the leadership council of the church is meeting this Thursday to discuss plans for the month of September relative to worship and uh, worship in our sanctuary use of our building, uh, as well as to discuss plans about Christian ed, what that's going to look like this fall. Um, Damon and uh, Steph Brader, who is our director of Christian ed, the three of us met this last week and put together what I think is a pretty good plan that we'll be presenting the session. It talks about how we're going to do Christian ed for elementary kids, middle school kids, high school kids, as well as our adult Christian ed offerings. And so uh, stay tuned for that. We will be sending out an announcement on Friday uh, that details what session has decided about worship and Christian ed for the month of September. And we'll let you know how that goes. Uh, so that's, that's a good thing. Um, what else? Our, uh, Summer Summer Song Series continues. Uh, this last week I preached on a song from the musical Wicked. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, I At the Worship in the Park service, we had folks who had attended Wicked, some who had attended Wicked multiple times, one who even wore her shirt from the musical, which was very cool. Uh, so this week, uh, any of you with children or grandchildren, listen up. Pastor Damon's going to be preaching on Frozen 2. Yeah. I'm going to have to watch it. <laughs> um, and I, I just let David know before we started recording it, that uh, one of the biggest fans of Frozen and Frozen 2, perhaps in the universe, will be sitting in the sanctuary on Sunday. That's my daughter, Esther. Uh, so, Damon, uh, sharpen it up, man. You better be ready. 
That's pressure. Yeah. I'm going to need to know who Elsa and Anna are. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. As well as mm-hmm. Sven. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, you'll get this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there, a, is there a Trigvi there? No. My name's Trigvi. Nope. Uh, yeah, his relatives came from that part of the world, where I assume that these Frozen movies are set, but not really set. Generally Scandinavia, but not a particular part of Scandinavia. Yes. Right. So Trig- Trigvi, what's his name? Trigvi, name. yes. Yeah. In fact, I have a friend also named Trigvi from that part of the world who is an Episcopal priest in North Carolina. Oh, probably not the same guy. No, my, I, well, I don't know. My, my Trigvi's last name is Anderson, which is a very Scandinavian oh. last name. <laughs> yes, Son sure of is. Anders, Anderson, <laughs> right? Yeah. Anyways, uh, which is to say we're continuing the Summer Sermon Song series. So uh, we've, we've, we've done some Neil Young, we've done some James Taylor, uh, we've been having a lot of fun with that. We've got a few more weeks of that as well. So uh, stay tuned. Hope you can join us for that. Um, and finally, want to let you know that uh, we started a conversation group on anti-racism this summer. Uh, it went really well. And uh, we did our last session of that last week. And we're going to hit the pause button on that and then probably reconvene and start uh, some discussions again here in late September, early October as part of our adult ed offerings. So stay tuned. But um, thank you to those of you who participated in the anti-racism conversation group. Um, Even those of you who maybe didn't dial into the calls, I know some of you watched the movie that we encourage you to watch or read the books that we were encouraging you to read. So thank you for engaging with that with us as a family of faith where we could connect our faith and our call to do anti-racism work. and how those two things are so intertwined. So I think that's all the announcements I've got. Anything from you, Damon? Um, no, nothing that I can really think of or am aware of. So, All right. Who's doing the word of prayer? Yeah, I was just going to ask who's doing it. I'll do it. Okay, sounds good. All right, let's pray. Gracious and loving God, This week, we're going to reflect on what it means to step out into the unknown. And we're grateful that you've given us your holy word in the Bible that has lots of stories of people being called to step out into the unknown. We're also grateful for the cloud of witnesses that you have surrounded us with, who themselves have stories about ways that they have stepped out in faith made a journey into the unknown to follow their faith and to follow you, God. And so this week, as we reflect on this, give us a chance to reflect on our own call stories, on our own opportunities that we have been given in the past and perhaps that we're being given now, perhaps that will come to us in the future, where we are asked to step out in faith, to rely on you, God, knowing that you accompany us into the unknown and you are always with us. We ask all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So yeah, as you're saying, we are uh, using a song this week from Frozen 2, uh, Into the Unknown. And I think that we should listen to the song first and then read the scripture. So I'm going to screen share here real quick. Let's just scroll down to the lyrics. Uh, and this is, a, this is a cover of the song performed by J. Flaw. J. J. Flaw? I don't, I don't really know. I don't 
I know nothing. I'm Sergeant Schultz. Uh, but we will give it a listen, and I will scroll through the lyrics as we go along so folks will get a chance to read them and see it. So that's into the unknown. Um, She's got quite a set of pipes on her, doesn't she? Yeah, it's impressive. It's and I'm smiling too because uh, I'm recording this in my house. My daughter is sitting in uh, her workstation, which is adjacent to my office, my home office. 
and she heard the song and started singing along <laughs> as we were as you were playing the recording. So I had I was listening to it on the computer, and then Esther was singing it outside the door of uh, of my office here, and it was awesome. So, so you're getting it in stereo then? In stereo, where available? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, and I've sort of I've chosen to pair this with parts of the call narrative of Moses. And so we're going to read part of that story. Now I'm going to start in uh, chapter three of Exodus. And we're going to jump around a little bit and um, maybe I'll fill in some of the, some of the blanks um, of the story as we go along. But we, we catch up with Moses. Um, he was in Egypt. Uh, he killed a guy in Egypt and then ran away. All right. Uh, and settles uh, in Midian and ends up marrying a gal in Midian uh, whose dad is Jethro. And that's kind of where we, so he's kind of settled and made a life in Midian. And that's kind of where we pick up this story. So uh, Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God, God called out to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Come no closer. Remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry and account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land into a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have seen how the Egyptians oppress them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, as in God said, I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, If I come to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to God also said to you, Moses, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this my title for all generations. And then we skip over a little bit, then the story, right? Uh, and we pick back up in chapter 1. This conversation between Moses and God continues. And then Moses answered, but suppose they do not believe me or listen to me, but say, the Lord did not appear to you. 
and then the Lord gives him a certain sort of sign to perform if that's the case. Right? If, if that happens and they don't and they don't believe you, then perform this sign and everything will be good. Right? And then we pick back up in verse 10. But Moses said to the Lord, Oh my Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor even now that you have spoken for your servant. But I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. Then the Lord said to him, Who gives speech to mortals? Who makes them mute or deaf, seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you are to speak. But he said, Oh my Lord, please send someone else. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, What of your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know that he can speak fluently. Even now he is coming out to meet you, and when he sees you, his heart will be glad. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be with your mouth and with his mouth, and will teach you what you shall do. He indeed shall speak for you to the people. He shall serve as a mouth for you, and you shall serve as God for him. And that's uh, where we've, or I've, <laughs> chosen to pause the reading. Um, but I guess <clears throat> I was probably maybe it's obvious why I'm leaning this way at this point in the week. Uh, this into the unknown is seems very obviously it. It's a, it's a song of calling, right? There's this mysterious voice that is calling the ice princess is she a queen i don't know what she is queen i didn't i'm sorry for offending her whatever her royal title is um the ice queen to some sort of new something right um and this is we especially in the older testament we get a lot of call narratives um abraham gets called and uh, is told that his descendants will be like the stars. Um, they'll be as numerous as the sand. Um, the prophets are, they're all called. I looked at the one from Isaiah. Um, this one from Moses gives this, really reflects this hesitation um, that I think is, is a, seems to be a sort of central part of this song as well. You know, Elsa starts by, you know, there's a line in here, um, and if I heard you, which I don't, <laughs> I'm spoken for, I fear. Everyone I've loved is here within these walls. Uh, I'm sorry, secret siren, but I'm blocking out your cause. This, this sense that I, I, everything that I love, everything that I value, everything that I treasure is, is here in this place that I know. And I really don't, I don't want to risk losing that to go chasing some, um, some promise, right? Um, which I think is also, since we know the, the biblical narrative, right? We know that these things that God says to these prophets are promises. But to them, they were like, to be, they would be hopes at best. Yeah. Right? It's, yeah, so... That's really well said. And for somebody who hasn't seen Frozen 2, you did a really good job of capturing the spirit of, uh, of Elsa and what's going on in the movie. So uh, well done, Damon. So I don't need to watch it. That's what you're saying? Uh, no, no, you still need to watch it because uh, Esther will be checking you uh, for sure on Sunday. 
but uh no it's uh yeah she in frozen one she discovers she has these powers and can't control them and then learns to bring them under control and becomes the 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 queen of of this kingdom and she's a very benevolent queen and her people love her and she loves her people and they're living in peace and harmony and life is good and so then frozen 2 opens and she's you have this idyllic kingdom in some scandinavian type country with guys named Trigvi, no doubt. Um, and, uh, and there she is ruling and, and all she, this voice wakes her up at night and she goes out on the balcony and listens and she doesn't know where it's coming from. And, and she's very reluctant. She's like, Hey, things are going well. Why, why mess it up? Um, and it's kind of like Moses, right? Um, yeah. He, he murdered someone and had to flee, but he, he, he landed on his feet. Yeah. Uh, He's, he's married to the, the priest's daughter. He's got a flock of sheep to watch. And then God shows up in the burning bush. He's like, I don't think that, no, not me. Nope, I'm, I'm no. not the one. <laughs> and then God keeps pushing. He's like, but I, I, I'm not even eloquent. I'm not a good speaker. How am I going to get the Israelites to, to follow me out of Egypt? Um, and I, I actually not noticed the detail about the way God set up the relationship between God, Moses, and Aaron. Um, and it, like it makes me nervous because it's like the game of telephone, right? God mm-hmm. says this to Moses, Moses says it to Aaron, Aaron says it to the people. Could something possibly get lost in translation at some point there? But it works out for them. Seems to. It yeah. could be that's why they spent so much time wandering in the wilderness. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It seems like uh, like not a great, not a great bureaucratic system, right? Right. I'm going to tell you, you tell them, they'll tell everybody else. Yes. I don't know. I mean, (laughs) but it works. Mm -hmm. Um, And Aaron has the, what's the word I'm looking for? The ethos or the, the respect of the community. He's their priest. And so they, they trust Aaron. They know Aaron and Eric, Aaron is an eloquent speaker. So Moses can like mumble to Aaron and Eric can turn around and say it boldly and clearly and so people can understand it so i mean it, it makes sense and, and it, what i love about that too is it, god finds a solution right somebody says well i'm not called god's like we'll make this work um yeah one of my, one of my favorite phrases i use about once or twice a year in a sermon is that god doesn't call the equipped god equips the call right mm-hmm. so all of us have a call and all of us feel like we're probably not worthy of that call and God's not calling us necessarily because we're equipped. God's calling us because that's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And God will equip us once we respond to that call. And in the case of Moses, he equipped Moses with Aaron, who was an eloquent speaker. Um, so Moses didn't have to do the addressing of the large crowds. Although he, he does. I mean, over the course of the 40 years wandering in the desert, he certainly does a fair number of public addresses. He's not just using Aaron. No. But, but God's giving them that as a, hey, here's a tool. If you don't feel like you're equipped or eloquent enough, let me let me give you what you need to do that. And and God does that for us. God puts these tools or these people or these skills or these resources in our lives so that we can follow that call that God has placed on our lives, even if we don't feel like we're worthy or equipped, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it is always a risk to some extent, right? Because... Because you do, I mean, you never know what the outcome 
is going to be here. I was working on the liturgy and working on the prayer of confession and thinking about the various various sort of reasons that pop up in our in our minds and our hearts for not doing something. Um, you know, even something as simple as as checking on a neighbor or that sort of thing. And well, we worry, you know, we worry about not, I don't know, the right thing to say or right. you know, if I I offer my help to someone is that just going to offend them and maybe they don't really need my help or someone else surely there's someone who's been trained uh, <laughs> so there's got to be somebody better than me um, who can go and do this thing and I just like I don't want to embarrass myself like there's a vulnerability to it as well um, and it is always like you don't know what the outcome um, is going to be that we do have a whole um, <clears throat> host of of lived examples, you know, even set so particularly within the biblical narrative. But even if you set the biblical narrative aside, right, just within the history of a particular community of faith, you would have a whole host of examples of of times when folks sort of stepped out in faith, not knowing what the outcome was going to be. Um, and yet it, it worked out or maybe it didn't work out quite as was anticipated, but still it was fine. It was good. Like good things still came from it. Um, but it, it's, it's really easy to get caught in those. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know how to word this text, so I'm just not going to send it. Right. Well, I don't, I don't know the right words to pray, so I'm not going to offer to lead that prayer, but some, you know, God's, the, the words are going to be heard. And yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Hey, maybe we'll, we'll put a challenge out to folks that if they're listening to this and they have a story about where they stepped out in faith, even though they didn't think that they had the tools or they were comfortable and didn't need to do anything to change. Uh, let us know about that story. And maybe next week we'll have you on as part of the Monday check-in. We'll let you tell a little bit of your story. What do you think? I think that seems like a good idea. I think oftentimes we think about these as like big, huge things, right? Like being called to to move to some place or start a whole new career or whatever the case may be. But but I think they can definitely be as simple as, yeah, I, I led the prayer at the committee meeting the other night or or whatever the case may be. Like they're not, like that is, that is also following God into the unknown. Yeah. Well, I think, I, I mean, having just done United Harvest this past Saturday, I think the folks from First United Methodist and First Presbyterian Church who first heard about the opportunity to do a mobile food pantry and looked at the Peace Center at the time was the annex and said, we think we might be able to do this. We have no idea. Um and, 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 and they did. Uh, and, and we look at that today and now we have, uh, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, this is probably our four year anniversary of running uh, United Harvest. I think it started in August of, um, of 16. I think that was the first time. So four years of, of helping to feed our hungry neighbors because we, we took a risk. We stepped out into the unknown not knowing if we do. The same is true with the Hearts and Hands Against Hunger, the food packing ministry that's run out of the Peace Center that the Kiwanis Club started. 
they had some members that went to a Kiwanis International thing and heard about this and said, we could do this. We don't know how, we don't know where. And they came back and, and the first president just purchased the Peace Center and they said, hey, could we get some space? And, and they, they took a risk in asking that question. They took a risk in agreeing to, and I imagine that first shipment of food that showed up, that semi-truck um, and, and all that stuff. And they're like, oh, this is real. We're doing this. And, and, and then today we look at and the millions of meals that they've packed and distributed from that place. But, and those were more collective community call stories where a community felt called or compelled to work to address hunger but uh, even then, it was a risk. People were, were stepping out, doing things they'd never done before. Like none of the Kiwanians had ever done food packing for disaster zones overseas uh, on a scale that they did. And none of First United Methodist or First Pres had ever thought that we could possibly see, feed four to 500 families a, a month. Um, and, and yet here we, we're doing it because we, we did. We, we heard God's call in our hearts. We responded and God provided. And that's how that works. Yeah. And I think about more, um, more personal narratives as well. Um, you know, the stepping into the unknown of having a child, you know, or adopting a child or stepping into the unknown of, um, oh, there's another one that I had just right in my brain and it, and it went away. <laughs> Um, it, it, you know, if you, if you bringing maybe an aging parent into your home to help take care of them or making sure that you are going to them to help take care of like, like being willing to take on that kind of a role, um, in your life or any number of sort of also talks about like, she's already had her adventure, which is, she's yeah. good on adventures. Like she doesn't need any more of those. Right. Um, but anytime that you've sort of set out into some sort of new adventure, right? we just had a whole, we just had a, a fresh crop of, of students head off to college, um, you know, starting that whole thing or immediately after college <laughs> and, and trying to figure out that whole thing as well. Like all of those are, are venturing into, into the unknown sorts of moments, I think. And moments in which that, one of the things I say, we ask for nothing more and nothing less than God's presence with us. Mm. Yeah, that. <laughs> Amen. I think you got this one, Damon. I think, do you, could you preach on that? I mean, I'm going to have to. <laughs> I did tease Damon a little bit. I, I'll, I'll confess here uh, that uh, he's preached on the same scripture passage from the Gospel of John. John? Luke. Luke twice this summer and I, I challenged him to not preach on it a third time because it's about setting your boats out into deep water which is a very similar uh to this but uh but then we said you know what if if you preach on it a third time that's fine so maybe you'll pick that as your second scripture maybe i don't know i think i have just this one just kind of split up into chunks as scripture one and scripture two um i thought also about jonah yeah um jonah's are really good Example of a reluctant call story. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. He has an interesting reason. His reason for being reluctant is much different than Moses' um, reason. But that'd be a whole nother, that'd be another 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. To get into that. But 
Yeah, it's interesting to take a look at those, the call stories um, from the Old Testament and, and the moments of doubt or the moments of where, where people are pretty sure, oh, this is pretty impractical, God. Um, think about, is it Sarah who laughs when, when she's told that she's going to have a kid? Yes. Oh. Yeah. And your fiance wrote a beautiful song about that that still resonates in me every time I hear it. Yeah, so, all right. Well, closing prayer. Let's do it. Loving and gracious God, it seems that all of us at various times in our lives, at various times in the course of this day, have moments where we find ourselves um, looking into the unknown, coming to some sort of precipice, perhaps, when we find ourselves in those moments, help us to listen to your voice. Help us to listen to the nudging that you place upon our hearts. Give us, O oh God, the gifts of discernment to be able to follow you into paths of righteousness, into paths of love, into paths of mercy and forgiveness. Grant us, O oh God, your presence, nothing more and nothing less. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, with all those things said and done, toodaloo.